Right. The DJs would say that was a song by Mkumala Mrefu, Jab Fraser, and I think there's something coming in the background. Let me see how I can stop that. There we go. Technology is not always easy for all of us. Thank you guys for coming. If you can hear me loud and clear, please show me by a thumbs up. Uh, this would be our last community meetup for the Mari podcast community. Thank you, FG. Thank you, MZ. It's always the people with the two-letter words who are attentive in class. Ah, Tanaka, another one out of the gate. Thank you very much, guys, for coming. So I will not delay because we are recording this, and we will also make sure that we send it out as a podcast after it's been nicely edited. Thank you very much, guys, for coming out. I know people have different platforms they preferred. Some said, oh, we wanted Twitter space. Some said, oh, we want Zoom. We preferred Zoom because it's much, much easier to record and manipulate. This is our Mari Podcast community coming together. I am your hostess with the mostess. My name is Kudzaim Baiwa, also known as Finlit Bay. So we will not spend time waiting for the audience to build up. You guys that are here already are enough. What I like is uh, for those of you that are church, you know, Zimbabwe claims to be a Christian nation. Uh, we say where two or three are gathered. Eh? <laughs> that is more than enough. So look, to get a four or five, even get a focus group discussion. If you are 10, it's like a classroom style. And, you know, as the numbers go up, uh, all the way up to a rally, all the way up to a rally. So I'm still my usual happy, jolly self. I will start by self-celebrating. Uh, that this year I was able to achieve two peaks, Mount Kenya and Mount Kilimanjaro, in the same year. Uh, so you will forgive my voice if it's not sounding as sexy as usual. I'm recovering from a mountain-induced cold, <laughs> so you will forgive me here and there if I sound a little weird. Uh, but suffice to say, I know that you can hear me. Thank you very much. FG says, congratulations, Mountaineer. I am many things. I am a money woman. I am a cash queen. I am a lion. I am a conqueror. I am an emperor. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to change my Twitter handle of this Emperor, Empress of Cash. Okay, great, guys. This is a delayed match, and I'll tell you why. In the past years, we've always really wanted to, you know, when you first started my podcast, we tried to be the first with the news on all things personal finance, all things small business. But let me tell you the downside with that. You know, Zim is an interesting place. I'm telling you, you should put Zim on your LinkedIn credentials because living in Zimbabwe, uh, is always a mess. I'll tell you why. Uh, first things first. You realize that whenever a big announcement is made, uh, it's like when you buy groceries. You know, guys, the day after you buy groceries or the day you buy groceries, you don't really want to cook on that day. Uh, I like how a friend of mine put it. Anzi Musonta grocery can't be the same day. Uh, you know how whenever you buy big groceries, you then tell yourself, take away. And by this, I'm meaning KFC and Kwadzana people, you are included just so that you don't feel like, you know, anyone is excluding you. So here's the thing. The day you buy groceries is not really the day you want to cook. And I've learned that that same principle works with Zimbabwean announcements 
anything economic, anything that affects our pockets. Yeah, you you really don't want uh, to you really don't want uh, to start analyzing that thing on the same day. Why? Because straight after, and I think, you know, COVID should have taught us all of these things with all of those SIs, things that are then just announced afterwards. So you want to let it simmer. <laughs> Any big announcement in Zim, you want to let it chew, you want to let it simmer, until you know exactly what the direction is. So I was just saying, for me, I found that there's absolutely no value uh, anymore to try to be the first out of the gate to analyze Zimbabwean announcements. Uh, as the young ones would say, let it cook. Yeah? Let it cook. And then when it's cooked, we can then have a conversation like this. I'm sure by now uh, you've listened to a number of folks that we pointed you to. Uh, we are big, big, big fans of Newswire's content. We are big fans of Phoenix Press. Uh, I know, uh, uh, you know, Baba Nyenyezi and his team are doing amazing things as well as ZFN. Listen to many people. We've always advised on the Maui podcast uh, that, you know, in the multitude of counselors is safety. Listen to as many people who are talking all things economic and then make deductions of your own. Always very, very important. We also listen to other people. I mean, I know a lot of stuff, but I don't know everything. And I want to say that all of those people uh, will also go in with an angle. Uh, they'll go in with certain biases, which is also fine. Eh? That's human. It's human nature uh, to have biases. It's human nature uh, to have, uh, you know, uh, interests and perhaps have leanings as people interpret things. I like to think that I am middle of the road because I will tell you where my biases and our biases. My podcast team has always been very simple, helping you to make sound financial decisions. So I want us to get right into it. Uh, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to incline uh, very much towards a write-up that our colleagues at uh, Newswire shared because they were the first ones out of the gate, I believe. And I think we did point them to you. Let's have some quick discussions. Uh, our agenda for today is very, very simple. It's going to be a very short meetup. It's Unity Day. We want you to have time with your families, time with your friends, time with your loved ones. Uh, and I know that because it's a holiday, we won't get as many people as usual also participating. Some people did say, look, uh, we do rely on workplace power, workplace Wi-Fi. So that's very much understood, which is why we are recording this. And we'll go ahead and share it uh, with the broader community once we are done. So let's have a quick look at some of what I would call the salience. Uh, so it's one of my favorite abused terms when I used to be an investment analyst. Uh, we would be looking at you know, key things that came uh, from any statement would we'll look at what we call the salient features. Look, they did well because this time they wrote a large, much shorter document. I'll tell you that. Uh, if you read just what Mtuli read, uh, that's enough just to give you a feeling of what the highlights were. But let's have a quick look at uh, some of the things that were the highlight of the most recent budget. Now that we've allowed it to simmer, now that we've let it cook, it was everything on taxis, fees, drinks, toll gates, passports, uh, yeah, a whole sort uh, list of, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, announcements that would affect our pockets. Let's start with things that affect us, uh, the people that are the majority. And I'm going to start with this group that I really respect uh, because I am the product of two of those, which is the civil servants group. Uh, I think the first thing that came out was the good and the bad news for civil servants. The good news for them was that a US dollar $300 COVID allowance was now part of their pensionable salary. Uh, starting from January, you will notice that most things 
that come in from those announcements are always things that are going to start in the year that is to come. Uh, and so uh, this was good news because obviously who would say no to more money? Uh, the only unfortunate thing is that it bumps you up into a certain tax bracket. And of course, without fail, uh, you will be taxed. And so uh, what it meant also is that on one hand, but on the other hand, a very interesting balancing act there. And I, I know we'll begin to see the effects. You see with Zim, the interesting thing is announcements by themselves are enough for us to begin to already see movements. I know we went into the budget with uh, an indicative rate uh, and I normally use the buying rate because to me that is more practical. Uh, when I last bought Zimbabwe dollars, rather but bought US dollars with Zimbabwe dollars, uh, the best price I was able to get was 8,200. The next date was 8,500. As soon as this announcement came, we went and hit the $10,000 uh, threshold, which is very, very interesting. And speaking of thresholds, another thing to take note of, and this is true for both civil servants and anyone else, uh, is the fact that tax threshold now goes up to about $750,000 per month, which sounds like a lot. I mean, if I'm speaking to colleagues across Africa, look, anyone who's earning $750,000 in any currency across the continent, uh, yeah, that's serious money, man. Talk about it in rands. But if you divide that by the 10,000, which is a more realistic figure of if you're buying dollars, it's only 75 bucks, guys. And, you know, this tax ban now goes to end at about 270 million per annum, uh, at which point you will be levied a tax rate of 40 percent. This again, effective 1st of January 2024. Now, what that means uh, is that at this current rate of inflation where, yeah, that threshold will be definitely, definitely be eroded. And this is against the backdrop of an economy where we know that the dollar is dominant. So, you know, speaking of Zim dollars, my Zim dollars, guys, you know, even on the Masao, I tried to buy Masao as early as at peak, it was around the mid-September. You know, Zim dollar. So, you know, Zim dollar, that, that should point uh, to something. And so, you know, this is literally a tax-free threshold of $75 per month. Uh, nothing turns on that. Nothing turns on that because we know that a basket is way more than that for a family. And a tax rate of 40% uh, is fairly high. I will tell you that we're definitely amongst the higher people, higher end uh, within the Sadak region, within even... Um, you know, Africa, uh, 2%, you know, the 15% VAT, frankly, you're sitting at literally for every dollar you earn, half comes to you. It's like the Serilak theory. You guys know the Serilak theory, right? If you grow up in Zimbabwe, Serilak, uh, when Serilak, you know, was still Serilak, uh, you know, there's a joke because uh, that, you know, the person would feed the kid would take part of it. So, you know, spoon kumwana, spoon kunamai, spoon kumwana, spoon kunababa, whoever is feeding the child. Uh, not a very, very good place to be in. So, see, civil servants, I start with them, not because only I want to honor the memory of my late father and my surviving retired mother, uh, but also taking note that these are a big bulk of people who are employed within our nation. You know, your teachers, uh, your nurses, uh, your many government workers. Uh, and so, even those people, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're like a test. If I go to any African country, and my work has taken me to a number of African countries, I almost always ask, uh, what is a teacher getting? What is a nurse getting? And we're sitting with people who are qualified, who are in those spaces. And frankly, there isn't even enough of them, fun enough, not enough teachers, not enough nurses, uh, and yet being paid such paltry amounts. Uh, and so this will have an impact on, uh, you know, disposable income, who spends what, 
Uh, and, you know, the next group that I like that our, our colleagues at, uh, uh, you know, Newswire uh, singled out are traders. And, and this one, guys, because who in Zimbabwe does not have a side cheek? Okay, not cheek, but side hustle. Like every single one of us, literally no one who is Zimbabwean is living a life uh, where they only have the one job. Frankly, there's absolutely no way you can survive on the one job. People have all sorts of side hustles. Uh, granted, some are illegal, some are legal. We did see in the news very recently, you notice that their side hustles were not quite the most legal of things. But I will say that for most Zimbabweans, as far as I know, at least in my circles, you find that most Zimbabweans do honest work. Uh, they have a side hustle, they're selling something. But you know, the, you, the simple rules of economics are clear, guys. You know, we can't all be selling because who will buy? Um, so it, it's a very interesting theory. Uh, so here's the thing, trade traders, unfortunately, they are coming for you. And I think already now you can tell where, where this concludes in terms of what this budget was going towards. I already gave my conclusion on this one. I concluded that this is a Nicole, a, a, what's his name? Um, uh, it's a, a Zacchaeus budget. Uh, Zacchaeus, for those of you that might not have been listening in Sunday school, uh, was a tax collector, short guy. And, you know, he basically then ended up repenting to Jesus and returning people's money. But there was a tax budget. It's basically the Papa Nemar. When I opened the room, I deliberately went for Japraiser's song from his latest album, which is Tema River. I know from that album, most people like the song Chiremerera, more on that later. Uh, but I like this one, Tema River, because it basically says, you know, do the things that make you get money. Uh, or in the words of the current president, eh, make money. Now, the problem is um, we become traders not because we want to, uh, but because of uh, circumstance. And I don't think that's the right way. Uh, my belief is that in life, not all of us are designed or meant to be traders. We can't all be buying and selling. I feel like in an economy that works, a teacher, a nurse should be able to do their job without the teacher trying to sell sweets to children or stationery to children or even sell extra lessons. That should not be necessary. But lest I be called political, let me not uh, incline too much on that, though I'll come to that towards the end. Let's come to what the issues are now for traders. Um, essentially, I think all of us know, guys, this has been the case for at least the past five years because I've been tracking this. Matakshop uh, since And, you know, the minister comes in and says he wants to restore supply chain from manufacturer, wholesaler, retailer. Perfect. Sounds good in a great economy, a normal economy. But Zim is not anywhere near normal. And so what they've done is they've just basically said only traders who are registered for VAT, uh, Zimbabweans like to call it VAT, uh, not to be confused with water, and with valid tax clearance certificates can buy goods from manufacturers. And they went on to now cut that registration threshold um, from 40,000, which is prevailing, uh, to 20,000 or the local currency equivalent, which is not much. If you do the quick math by local currency equivalent, you're looking at uh, very loosely about 12,500 or 13,000 United States dollars, about 1,000 per month. And we know serious traders can push way more than that. And you're asking those guys to register for VAT, get tax clearance certificates so that they can be able to, uh, the English is to order, uh, the Shona is to order from wholesalers so that they stay within a value chain. And this is not because we are wanting to formalize the economy, no. Uh, the entire desire here is just to collect. 
and it's going to be hectic uh, because I tell you, manufacturers will have to find ways to do the admin around this. Um, I know that those that are sitting in large companies feel that this is commendable. Uh, some feel that it will protect the local industry. Uh, but the truth of the matter is informal traders will not stop going out to bring in things and selling them. There's, of course, the issue to say that, unfortunately, for some of the tax shop owners, they're not really honest and what they're selling are not uh, legit goods. Uh, perhaps on the legitimacy and uh, quality uh, bona fide goods, there is a plus there. Uh, but in terms of what the aim is really, uh, the desire was never to help. The desire was just to collect as much as possible. And so this is the situation that we stand with uh, where they are coming for you traders. So if you're selling anything on the side, and let me promise you, being Zimbabwe, they will make they will make an example of a few people. And so this is something to watch out for. Uh, I think two things then come to mind. You are either going to keep selling to your folks, you know, and you keep it small within your circle. Uh, alternatively, you are going to align which I think is not a bad thing for someone who's in small business. We've always encouraged from the get-go, if you're running some kind of a small business, formalize. Why do you want you to formalize? Because if you formalize, you can do things at scale. This, of course, is only true for those of you who really full-time are into trading. Uh, and so you will have to toe the line, unfortunately, uh, unless you want to spend a lot of money paying. Now, I have a few friends who are in enterprise already full-time. Uh, some of them own shops, you know, formal shops. And I think their biggest issue this year has been to do with council licenses. I mean, the licenses, I can't even remember the figures out offhand, but the figures are outrageous uh, that council has been asking for licenses. And these things do not in any way promote uh, formalization. If anything, uh, it just creates room for corruption. Because you see, it's always cheaper to pay off the guy who's come uh, to check on you uh, than it is to align the amount of paperwork you need to do, uh, you know, the amount of back and forth, the time that's spent, it would also work. It would only work if as a country uh, we had an inclination towards or much more seriousness with respect to digital transformation. Sadly, we are not at that point yet. I mean, as it is uh, the new system that has already been coming up, uh, I'm a consultant and my, my company is registered in Zeman and a few other, a few, few being the operative word, African countries, I find that Zim is the one that is the most difficult. Um, I'm registered in SA. I can get everything I need online if I want to tax clearance. Online, no intervention, no. Even if I were to use a middleman, I could use a middleman only because I'm not familiar. Uh, the cost is not that much. You get your, your tax clearance. It's for a year. You don't have to talk to anyone. You don't have to buy anyone a drink. You don't have to buy anyone a meal. It works straightforward, right? Uh, come to Kenya. You do the same thing. All things are online, even registration of a company. You are literally just doing it. You know, within a couple of business days, everything is online. Uh, and what then tends to happen is that there is more efficiency there. Now, one may look at the new system that has been brought about by Zim, and I'm going to take a short left here uh, around this, because I'll say these things as they come to mind, uh, is the fact that, you know, Terms is a really great system. Uh, those that are in the know, uh, one of my uh, associate consultants is really good at cybersecurity and they set up systems of that nature in countries like Rwanda. You'll find that the one they've set up with Zimra now is closest to the one in Rwanda. And you'll notice that Rwanda is very keen on digital transformation for the simple reason that they're a small country. They want to minimize leakages. They want to optimize what comes into the fiscus. And if you put everything online, uh, then you are in a really great place because you can be able to track what's coming in, what's going out. And that's what our new system looks like. 
Uh, to begin with, it took me three weeks just to be registered on that thing online. I had to go back to my accountant and his firm uh, for them to help me. And we were just lucky that some of the things happened overnight. But in true essence, they've not even really kicked off. And we know what has happened uh, with the eZimra services in the past years. It will take you two to three business months before anything moves. And there's a lot of human intervention in that. Uh, a part of us were rejoicing to say, look, all of our past sins have been buried along with the ones that will benefit because there are people with bigger figures. Actually, you know, but the techs who obviously will benefit from this. Uh, all of us are now born again from January. Uh, we have a new start, a new lease on life. Uh, I want to issue a warning to those of us that are running small businesses of any nature. Guys, this is a time to comply. Like, don't even don't even mess around because the system we have now, uh, because it's linked also to your bank account and all of the flaws and all of that stuff, you really want to make sure uh, that you are above board. Like I said before, this is not a threat, uh, but it's a gentle warning to say, it's never the big guys who are made an example of. It's you, the small guy. They'll pick up a single kudzai and make an example of her. And so you want to really make sure that you're going to do business and you want your business to grow anyway. If everything works in your favor, you know, align and make sure everything is above board. I think it's worth it. Yes, it's not the simplest of tasks, but I think if you've done it in, you know, uh, three or so, uh, you know, uh, trips, uh, if you really cannot do it well uh, by yourself, you know, get an agent. Unfortunately, in Zimbabwe, uh, we are not really at the place where if you go direct, you are guaranteed that things will work out. Use an agent and, you know, get your things in order so that you are not caught on the wrong side of the law. Now, back to some things that are personal. Uh, another highlight, bad news uh, for drivers. And I think this already we see uh, is beginning to come towards us. January is literally a week away from today. Uh, a weekend, a few days odd uh, will be fewer. We know that there will be another strategic reserve levy uh, of three U.S. cents and five U.S. cents uh, per liter of diesel and petrol, respectively, again, uh, with effect from January. And we know what happens when fuel goes up. Literally everything else goes up. So, guys, January... Not only will there be January disease, there will be a January pandemic of sorts, uh, because everything so far announced would start in effect from uh, January. Uh, not only was there a strategic levy, but there was also a proposal uh, to increase toll fees from initially a current $2 to 5 uh, but this was further uh, then nuzzled uh, or muzzled in Pali uh, to bring it uh, down and what you call premium roads. A big shout out to those of us that come from Mutare uh, and those that come from Bybridge. Uh, premium roads. And what it would have meant if they'd retained the current or the, the proposed new toll fees was that a trip to Harare uh, from Blawayo you would literally just need 50 bucks only for tolls. To buy bridge, 60 bucks. So you are really just better off going <laughs> uh, Because I know the latest I checked, CityLink, uh, which unfortunately is not doing as well in terms of its service quality, uh, quality now uh, is 25 bucks. So it's a no-brainer. Uh, that pushes everybody to the buses. You really that cannot be driving yourself, doesn't really make sense. But the buses themselves would have also fees go up and they would still uh, need to pass on that cost to you. Um, another thing that also came, I think still related to the roads uh, and road travel is proposed vehicle registration fees. Uh, those going up with a proposed fee of $100 for uh, small vehicles, $500 for those above $1,500cc. And then personalized place, this one, I, I'll be honest, I, I'm in support. Those ones punish them because you know, for that reason, 2.5 for those with vehicles with a capacity of 1,500 thousand uh, 1.5 thousand cc and 5 thousand for those with uh 
uh, engine capacity above that. I feel like for personalized plates, frankly, look, if you want a vanity project, I feel like those ones might pay for it. Fairly justified in my view. Uh, my only challenge is where uh, they then want to charge, you know, uh, high fees for folks who are ordinary. I think people already pay so much when we import cars. We pay way more uh, than we really should because government saw that as a way of raising taxes. So why punish someone for wanting to register? But you know, they really just did not give us options on this particular budget. I, I, I don't want to politicize this, but the truth of the matter is everything economic is political. Uh, but the truth of the matter is that it was definitely, I agree with those whose sentiments are that it was not a people-friendly budget. Uh, some have said that is the worst budget that they've seen in years. I want to, I did try to calm my mind and recall uh, some of the budgets I've read through in my past life as an investment analyst. And I tend to agree as well that never have I seen a budget that is punishing. You know, Shamwine <laughs> Munyu, this budget was just designed to spank ordinary people. Now, you might have said, uh, look, Inini, I don't drive, uh, I don't drink, uh, you know, uh, but if you're just sitting at home out there, and I like how people were really dragging some of my colleagues, yeah, they came for you with a new tax on sugar, uh, on fizzy drinks. And I think there was a miscalculation there because initially they'd said, um, you know, two US cents per gram of uh, uh, sugar. I think that was then later corrected to, I think, 0 0.02, which works out to about seven cents uh, more. But that is significant money. Uh, that money, funny enough, would be used for uh, funny, and I put this in quotes, therapy and procurement of care equipment uh, for, you know, folks with cancer. One would have thought sugar, you know, in than sugar, you know, diabetes, but we are where we are. And so, of course, this again, I must say, I have no dog uh, in that fight uh, because I know that sugar is bad. Sugar is a poison, guys. I will tell you this. Um, I'm trying to lay off sugar myself. So frankly, in as much as that is punitive to people who want to enjoy, uh, you know, sugar is something that just helps them along in life as a crutch. Um, let me just say, uh, enjoy your Christmas sugar because uh, from next year, makokora, uh, whether it's cocky green or cocky red or your blue or your black or whatever it is, all of those things would have gone up. So that sugar tax, you will feel the impact uh, of that on your pockets. So uh, having said that, they knew that there are those people who are just sitting out there, uh, you know, with... Uh, House owners. So these are the things that impacted everyone, whether you own a house or not. We do know that there was quite a bit of uproar around house owners, uh, where initially they'd say that if your house is worth over 100,000, you'd have to pay an annual 1% wealth tax on the value of your house. Very unfair, grossly unfair. Look, in the UK, they, they actually tried uh, to enact something like this some years back. Uh, it did not gain traction. And it's absolutely unfair that someone who, and I, I remember putting out some tweets about this because, you know, my mother owns a house uh, that is circa that much three bedroom in waterfalls, swimming pool, garage, you know, with the seventh quarters, as they used to call them in the time past. And this is an old-ish woman, because she would not like to hear me call her old, who is sitting there, You've harmed no one. You bought this house way back. You made a sacrifice. Uh, probably Marajga Veji, you know, this is a typical story for Zimbabweans, uh, Marajga Veji for that time. And you're just sitting there minding your own business and a guy simply comes to collect. Now, I saw my mother's rates, uh, you know, bill yesterday. And you're looking at a monthly bill that translates uh, loosely to about 130 
dollars United States per month, which is a lot, right? Uh, cons considering how much or how little I must say, most retired folk like her get, uh, she's getting, I think, an equivalent of anything between 80 and 100. Uh, to quote my mother, you should really make my mom speak, guys, in December. So she said, ah, every month, you don't change. So, you know, <laughs> you're literally taking everything that you're giving her for pension on rates. And if she was not running a business, because she had to convert her house now uh, to a commercial enterprise, and now she pays even more, uh, where she uh, is running a little crash because that was a plan, um, were she not doing that, and this is typical of most of her colleagues who are around her with houses of more or less the same value. And if you look at the first run, uh, where they were saying pensioners would not, uh, or pensioners, depending on how you pronounce it, would not have to pay uh, that particular 1% uh, tax, she now falls in the bracket of those who are below 70. And yet the retirement age in Zimbabwe is 65. And so these things, you start to wonder whether they are really thought through, like at the risk of this podcast sounding like a venting session, which frankly it is, uh, <laughs> with some highlights of uh, things that have been pushed towards us, you really wonder whether people think these things through. Uh, yeah, it's one of those times I would say in this case, as Rongeka. Uh, thankfully, there was some drawback. Like I said, this is why we didn't even hurry with this thing, because it would have been a waste of time. We'd have vented over something that they would push back or pull back on. Uh, we do know now that what has emerged from Pali is that they've said the threshold was started at 250,000, a quarter of a million, which I think is a fairer uh, place to start it. Personally, I would have wanted it pegged at half a million, because 250,000 is actually not a lot of money. Uh, you'll find that for some uh, civil servants who got in early and the double income families uh, they could be sitting on a house of that value, but not necessarily making that kind of money per month uh, from their pensions or even from any monies they're getting. So you know who would end up paying? It is folks that are their children who are in Zimbabwe. And another extra burden to our friends and relatives who are in diaspora. And yet the house is not even in your name. Look, this was always going to be a problem. Uh, and funny enough is what they say was, the idea for what it would be useful, urban infrastructure development, particularly roads, water, sewer, and community health centers. I'm sorry, so what does council do? Because if you're paying raise to the council, it covers roads, water, sewer, and community health centers. So you really wanna think whether well, these things are thought through. Uh, and the answer is a big, I don't know, maybe they just de develop this as a, I do this sometimes when I do consulting gigs. I write some controversial things for discussion purposes. So perhaps this thing was for discussion purposes. Uh, but suffice to say, we are glad that they did pull back. Uh, now it's sitting at 250,000 and it will only be paid, you know, um, for those whom they say uh, have a residence that is not a primary residence. I mean, the jury is out on whether that's fair or not. Uh, we would love to hear from you guys, perhaps throw in the comments what your thoughts are. But my feeling is uh, I think this at least gives preliminary relief uh, to ordinary citizens who really cannot afford much more. Now, as if that is not enough, and this is perhaps where the real wealthy ones are. And I do know a few people who stash their money in a vault. Uh, we do know that a lot of people don't keep money in their banks. Like I know, for example, that there are quite a number of people who keep their monies uh, in vaults. I know Cabs has one. I'm uh, not pointing anyone to do a robbery. I'm just saying they do. They do advertise this. Uh, and, you know, I know I personally know of people who will tell you that I've sold, you know, a house. I'm keeping 160000 in my 
uh, vote, you know, I'm going to take it out and do such and such a thing. Uh, ideally, and look, in any country, guys, you guys have watched movies. No one goes into someone's vault, but not Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe is a special country. Let me tell you, we're special people. I'm going to repeat this. Put Zimbabwe on your CVs as a special place. Personally, when I bid for work in other places, I always say I have experience from a dynamic environment and I'm referencing my country because look, things just happen quickly here and the strangest of things happen. In no universe, it's like you get into a hotel, you put your stuff in a safe and then the hotel people say that they have a right to open that safe. Like I'm putting my money for safe custody. Why would a government, why would anyone, even the branch manager, unless there's a fire coming out from that thing, why would you open my vault? But this is Zimbabwe for you. I've not heard anything in terms of them pulling back on this regard. Uh, so I would definitely still tread with caution. And here's the last one that came out, I think, amongst the highlights uh, from this particular budget. I've, I've spent about 30 minutes on this, which was my time budget. I want to move on to financial planning uh, and, and well as well, speaking to what could we be thinking about in terms of investments in the coming new year. Now, here's a thought. Uh, you you really want to reflect on what the intent was here. Uh, the intent was very simple. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, Japanese is speaking, singing a song to an individual, I hope, and says, You know, I feel like our government hates to see any place where money is flowing. And, you know, you can't build, it's, it's like banks in Zim. I have a, I have a real issue and I'm a banker myself, so I've always said I'm allowed to say this, uh, where banks simply make their money out of non-interest income. Ah, there's a problem there. Like, and then I really hate and detest the fact that, and this is true for Zimbabwe, you just peep into your bank account, just to do an account balance. It reminds me, I don't know whether you guys are old enough. Uh, I'm trying to see this room and see who's old enough. I think only Anesu, Ethel, and Tatenda yeah, are the ones that I know who are old enough. Those guys, I know them, uh, so I, I, can, I can drag them. I think you guys are the only ones who are old enough to remember uh, that song uh, by Extra Large, Uri Roger, Aonai Mbapanapa. And then there's a part where they are complaining. I'm going some toilet where say gojo. You know, you're basically flushing the toilet for no reason. You know, that's how I feel these guys, you know, behave with us sometimes. some bank account. I'm just trying to check my balance so that I can spend, and then then you can make money. You are charging me. Come on, guys. I mean, now I used to be ashamed as a banker to keep my account in debit, but now I'm shameless. Like sometimes if my account goes into debit and the attribution is because you guys are charging me for looking at my bank balance, then you you really deserve what's coming to you. It will stay in negative balance. And if I happen to die, eh, God forbid, I don't intend to die young. Uh, but if at some point at the ripe old age of 80 or 85, I die, I plan to leave my account in debit with bank charges because I didn't start it. You guys started it. So yeah, I want to wrap this up and say for those of you guys who thought Ah, uh, no, we will simply leave the country, which is a decent plan, by the way. Uh, they said, yeah, on your way out, leave us money. <laughs> something. How so? They said, we'll raise passport fees, you know. Uh, and they said, we will ask you not to pay 120, but to pay 200. And then, of course, they brought it down, uh, that proposal, to 150. Then they have audacity. Ah, uh, the all in audacity uh, is for Zimbabwe, I tell you. How so? They bring this down in quotes, and then they put in a headline that says passport fees 
come down to 150. Look, they are 120. You're going up by 30 old dollars. That's 25% on a dollar. Guys, that's a lot of money. Uh, that's Zimbabwe for you. So these are some of the highlights uh, that we're coming through uh, from, you know, uh, the most recent uh, treasury uh, thing. And I like how our colleagues in uh, Phoenix really summed it up. I mean, there are a couple of other taxes that came in there that don't really affect us in the direct way uh, in terms of, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, personal finance and perhaps small business. I won't spend more time on this, but I want to just say that really what this just brought in is just more pain to ordinary citizens. I mean, look, uh, they're basically saying, yeah, you know, there's low tax compliance and all of that, but who started all of these things, you know? Uh, so we are looking at a situation where uh, we know that 2024, without a doubt, guys, will be a tougher year. Uh, it will definitely be a tougher year for you who's in personal finance, a tougher year for those of you who are operating uh, any kind of uh, business. You really want just to stay on the right side of the law uh, where you can, um, but it really just speaks to the fact that, you know, there will be pressure for those of you that are employers to pay more. The average Zimbabwean household, you guys are, uh, seem to be doing better than most countries. You guys have maids and you have garden folk and all of that. Yo, yeah, you guys are, are, are doing okay, better than other people, you know. Uh, so yeah, I see Ethel here testifying. I was here to be charged 15 bucks on a US dollar account. Guys, that's a lot of money, hey? You know that $15 is add $1 and four young men, in fact, three actually, that's the correct figure, isn't it? Three people, one going to risk $4, including pork, and it's $1 and it will feed 12 adults. <laughs> so it's not small money. We have a big problem in Zimbabwe, and I'll sum it up this way. We have absolutely no respect for the US dollar. Uh, and at the risk of pointing at victims, I would say it's both the government and us as a people. Like we just don't respect what a dollar can do for you. Uh, I'll try and find and perhaps share in the groups uh, a video which I saw on uh, someone shared where a guy had gone to, I don't remember if that was Ghana, it was Nigeria actually, and they were just saying what a dollar can buy for you. Like it was street food, yes, but it could buy you a lot. And yeah, it's, it's said how very small regard we have for currency that we don't even print. Um, and I'm sorry, I don't have good news, guys. Uh, the bottom line is that 2024 will be a tough year, but we don't like to end on a negative note. Uh, mine is to just say, we will always go back to the basics of money. Uh, the rules of money do not change. Unfortunately, you still have to work for it. Yes, uh, a guy was shot by police. Like I said, he had people who were admiring him. And this is the thing that I, I feel the pain the most for Zim, uh, that the value of work continues to get lower. Uh, but I need to say one more thing just to emphasize how we have no regard for the dollar. A friend of mine reached out to me. She's helped me sometimes back uh, with a significant amount of money. Uh, but she's stuck because she needs to get a niece or nephew rather uh, to cross over to the UK because I'm one in her course. And you know how much that cost is now? 15,000 United States dollars. Guys, that's someone's annual salary plus a bonus, you know, and Unosara win a to buy a little car. 
I like what Taura is putting in there. A dollar buys me four gig of MTN data in Zambia. I pay $13 for 10 gig for Ethernet data. This is a big one. I was dragged on Twitter. And never feel, guys, never feel pity for me when I'm being dragged on Twitter. And pinned the more. That 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 particular thing you don't get in the moyo. Uh, I don't want to mention which part you must use to get in, but let me just say, uh, never feel bad for men, and I can defend myself. Uh, now, suffice to say, Taura, you bring a really important factor: the comparisons of what we do with a dollar in this country, and this at individual level, as well as corporate level, and then even the government. I feel on this one we are all complicit in not having regard. Like, why would you ask someone for fifteen thousand dollar for a course which you know the course or COS, whatever it is? that ideally is actually should be done. Some people do it for free. Uh, it speaks to how we really have a problem with our national psyche. And it shows in how we spend money. It shows in how we uh, charge for things. It shows in how even our government then also follows the trail. Like this is a few months after an election. And basically they're telling you, we don't care. You know, we're here to tell you. We don't care. So you have to look out for number one, which is yourself. I want to just emphasize as we come to a close and open up for Q&A uh, and some interactions, if any, how it is necessary for us just to go back to the basics. Guys, I will always preach the same gospel of the basic things. There are things that are under our control and things that are not within our control. These announcements, pronouncements are not within the purview of any one of us. There's absolutely nothing you and I can do to change announcements other than in some instances comply. And in other instances, I highly uh, highlight that it's important within the law of cause uh, not to avoid takes, uh, not to evade, but there are obviously always going to be smart ways uh, uh, to avoid that are above board. And this is why I didn't worry when they first put out that wealth text, because I said, look, what I know about rich people is they will always find a way to avoid tax. It's always the poor people uh, and the ones in between who will have to pay. The first thing we always speak about in our four financial pillars is how it is important to have a lifestyle you can afford. I want to say, let's continue to make sure that we do not fight the mathematics we were taught in grade three, second term, week five, where our teachers simply said, eight minus 10. And we all shouted in unison, it can't. You cannot live a life beyond what you have. And so if you want to give yourself peace of mind, someone was complaining, how come young people of our ages are just collapsing and dying? Look, guys, and a lot of this stress comes from money issues. And so you really do yourself a favor if you ensure that as a first basic principle, live a life within your means that you can afford. If you do that, you'll be in a good place. Now, if you are living on $100 and you happen to have an increase or an increment at work that takes you to 120, avoid something which is called lifestyle inflation. The outside one, you don't have a chance uh, because you will have to align, but the inside inflation, you can have control over. You can't immediately change and switch up your life simply because you have another $20 more in your pocket. If you want peace of mind, uh, agree I've always said this, and make sure that you are living a life that is within your means. If you want more, it's as simple as make more. 
And someone will ask, how do you make money? That's the last thing I'll say at the very end. I'll speak to that. And so whatever level of living you are in, um, I've spent a lot of time this year uh, in Kenya because of a project I'm doing. And I'll tell you something, no disrespect to people who work for the UN, uh, but it's very typical of people who are placed, like people who work for the United Nations. Uh, I'm not one of them. Uh, lots of them love to be placed in uh, Nairobi because Nairobi has one of the most generous allowances for people who are placed in development work. It's a very big city, uh, you know, lots of innovation going on in there. Uh, but what tends to happen, I'm speaking about things that I have spoken to with people that are in diaspora communities in East Africa, especially, you'll notice this. I've spoken to people who are in East Africa community, diaspora communities for Rwanda, uh, for Tanzania, but a lot of people, a lot of Zimbabweans, for example, are found in Nairobi. What tends to happen is people who are outside want to give an impression to people who have remained in Zim that they are living large. So I used I isolate UN for the simple reason that those guys are paid really well, you know, double digit figures, and then there are a whole lot of other uh, you know allowances that come with it. Now the biggest mistake a lot of people make is to immediately put their children in the top schools of that country, places that some government officials in the same country don't afford, right? And then they want to drive a certain way, they want to live a certain way and be seen to be living as a, uh, there's a word I'm looking for, an expat, which is all fine and good, right? I think if you're making money, you deserve to live a soft life. I have 100% uh, believe in it. The challenge then comes when there are also demands or requests, uh, if I'm gonna make it softer from home, and then you want to treat everything, these things are also true for people who are also living in Harare, in Blawayo, whatever other city uh, within the nation, and you are regarded as the person who earns the most in your family uh, because you are either outside of the country or they know that you have a decent paying job. Uh, that lifestyle inflation comes from there. You need to learn to resist the devil, and the devil is not your family. The devil is inside of you. If you can self-manage Pamari, you will do fine. Uh, you don't actually need a lot of money to achieve a lot of the things that people want. Most times when I do personal finance class, and I do them with a lot of high-level uh, institutions in our nation and beyond, you will find that the things people want, all of those are, be, are, be, are within reach. But if you move up too quickly uh, before you have stability, that's where the danger lies all of the time. Let me tell you, the call when it comes to personal finance always comes from within the building. So here's the thought. Some things toned down. There's nothing wrong with traveling. There's nothing wrong with eating well, dressing well. Just do it bit by bit, uh, you know, levels. As you go up, bit by bit, you improve as you go up, right? Don't immediately wholesale change your life. No. Step by step. Pole pole as we did on the mountain. That works, guys. The happier people generally are people who don't have lifestyle inflation. When you know, I could be using more, but I am just managing myself. Still have treats, still have small things that you do for yourself, but don't make very big jumps when you have increased income. It's a simpler way of living life. I'll always use this quotation I use in almost every meetup we have. Live today like other people are not living so that tomorrow you can also live like other people are not living. There's a revelation I'll leave you to ponder on that. So that's on lifestyle and that's on that. That's all on you. Yes, things are going up. 
but you also have to make adjustments as things go up. Second thing to think about is emergencies. A lot of people who are winning on lifestyle then get caught up when emergencies okay. Listen, things are happening. Um, I went to school in Blawayo. Uh, I have a friend who was very close to me who used to stay next door to me in Rez. She used to attend family of God. She would invite me, would go there a lot. I would play with her friends. Her friends became my friends. I am my overcomer. One of those overcomers is Eric, the guy who passed on from Joyous Celebration this week. The guy is young, guys, in 81, literally 42. He's not even half the life that most people aspire uh, to live. And it's sad and may so dead, rest in peace. And I'm not pointing a finger at him, but I'm just saying life happens. Imagine a guy like that who has a family, then without a doubt, you are leaving behind young children and without a doubt, a young wife. And all of those people who you love will have to be catered for. It's still behoven upon us to make sure that we are ready for those kind of emergencies. Emergencies like funerals, emergencies like deaths, places where we will have to take out money. Um, there are two ways to do this. One is to use products and services, which I'm not ashamed and afraid to say that in Zim, sadly, many products do not work. Perhaps some of the short-term ones, I know I know Ethel is in the room. I've seen her money mart. I'm going to plug you in here, sis. Uh, have products that they offer, you know, for health services. There's always a product for every pocket. You know, get something. Again, I'm going to quote my mom because my mom for me is my personal finance hero. She'd always say, you know, Muningweta something to fall back on so that Ukarwara, you know, you're not starting from zero. In a very words, at least to not put one bed. <laughs> then the second one, which is something I'm more inclined towards, and this is a gospel I'll continue to preach, is what I call self-custody. We might have to go back to reorganizing ourselves, guys, in a very simple way. Uh, it's you and a few friends, you and a few family groups. And I think this is something I'm going to put in as a plug as you have your conversations over Christmas this long weekend with family and friends. I know Ramonta and Tetshi Shuruzira, but now I, I feel like it's responsible. Don't, don't just die on us and expect us to bear the burden of everything. You know, have some kind of an emergency plan. At this point, I don't care what it is. But have some kind of foundation. And people will say, oh, I can't afford. I've already plugged money mat here. They run a microfinance. You know, this is not a paid uh, statement, but I just saw Ethel is in the room. So I'll honor that by saying, uh, check out those kind of products where very little is required to sort you out. In fact, while we are there, and I should have said this on lifestyle as well, um, things that really now affect our lives is the fact that even simple things like utilities, you can't get. Unfortunately, we're going to have to self-manage as well. Uh, a lot of us have to find our own water because there are no consistent water sources. Your own power. Money Mart has also got solar stuff. Yeah, Ethel, I'm really plugging you here. Uh, but my point is simple. A lot of our lifestyles, if you're going to make your lifestyle better, uh, it's really on us. Uh, and this is not meant to be a political conversation, but these are the realities. There is enough power. Uh, typically, when you have meetups like this, our room would fill up and we'd have to add more people. But a lot of people said, please record because we won't make it because they have no power uh, and they have no internet connectivity. They're just hoping at some point they can then listen to this on WhatsApp after we, you know, save it, edit it, compress it, send it out. It's unfortunate uh, that a lot of things require us to self-manage, both on lifestyle and on emergencies. Institutions, governments, unfortunately, are not spaces we can lean on. And especially if you're sitting 
smack bang in Zim. If you're outside of Zim, congratulations to you. You might be in a place where perhaps there are better services. But even next door in South Africa, they're complaining about the same thing. Uh, half of my work, I do a lot of this financial literacy work, but my other half of work is digital stuff. And one of the things we speak about when we speak about the preconditions of digital transformation uh, now has a lot to do with the fact that we can't talk about Africa progressing, you know, when, you know, then what, you know, so a lot of things that are basic are not there and we have to look out for ourselves. So from a lifestyle and emergency things, guys, you really want to make sure uh, that you take care of yourself. You've got to self-manage. So if you can trust your siblings, if you can trust your family, if you have some trusted friends, uh, and you self-organize uh, for things like funerals, for things like emergencies. I find that when I'm around Mazwano, seem to be doing better. If you are not able to self-organize, go to people like Ethel, someone is asking what business she is. She's one of, I think, Zimbabwe's foremost microfinance folk. Uh, so they have products, them and a few a few others. I can only refer you guys to people I know and trust. Uh, so I know that uh, you know, so <laughs> you really want to make sure you get into spaces where you can self-organize for a lot of the things that we need uh, in life. Now, having said that, I'll come to very quickly because I didn't want this to be more than an hour 15. Um, we also want to think about things uh, like uh, legacy. And it's not an easy conversation to have because again, like I've said prior, um, we seem to be now in a circle in Zim uh, where you keep losing savings again. I think We've lost value on our dollar for this particular cycle we are in, started in 2018 in October, uh, where at that point in time, we were looking at a rate of one is to 3.5. Go ahead, Anison plug. Please throw in your business in the in the chat. In fact, let me invite those who want to throw whatever enterprises you guys do, if they can make our lives easier, throw them in the meeting group chat there uh, as well. Uh, you can also find us as a, a Mary podcast on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, as well as on Instagram. The handles are at maripodcastzw. Uh, go ahead and just, you know, uh, in the comments or wherever, plug whatever enterprise you're doing. We are happy to support our community. So the simple point is, I was just saying, the cycle we're in, and I think it's the fifth or sixth time we've lost value on the Zimbabwe dollar. Uh, we started at one is to 3.5, right? Um, around, um, we had gone into Zimbabwe dollar again in October, 2018, and the announcement or pronouncement was made by the president in January 2019. You remember the time we had a blackout uh, and this was speaking to, you know, um, that new fuel uh, arrangement that then came when you announced that price. That's when also rates started at that time from 1 to 3.5. And we're sitting at 10,000. I mean, honestly, guys, now two things happen again, as we've said before. Uh, one is to understand that there will always be cycles. And one way is to run completely for them, from them. Uh, and make sure your dollar denominated somehow in whatever enterprise you do. Another is to ride the waves. And I think we already gave you a heads up around this. shares is because we knew inflation would take us where we were. And then, you know, which is typical of Zim. At that time, I think late 2021, we were like, guys, take profits. Um, you know, we went and took my Zim dollar loan and we said, let's go buy land or put it into something productive. Some of you were smart, moved with us, we did that. Uh, right now, as we speak, those of us that borrowed my 10,000 at a rate of one is to 200 at that time, exactly two years ago, uh, and we're paying off loans of $475 per month. 
are now paying $16 per month on Zim dollar loans, uh, which we use to buy meaningful things with. And that's going to point me already to the last bit of this particular session um, where I wanted to talk to, because a couple of you said in the meetups, we'd really like to know what do we do in terms of investment? So guys, you know that we always speak about four important asset classes. Um, one of the favorites is the stock market, Zimbabwe Stock Exchange. Uh, and I'll say that a few counters for those that were a bit smart uh, this year or some were even lucky. Uh, I think about 16 or so counters were able to post, uh, you know, gains that were higher than keeping dollars. We do know that time in the market uh, is more important than timing the market. The unfortunate thing, and we've always said this in the longer podcasts around stock market, we can never know. So I don't agree with Paul say, oh, and depend on my indications of what you think. We don't know, guys. I mean, some of the ones that performed this year, I didn't expect them uh, to perform as well. Uh, but And yet here we are. I'll share something that someone uh, did share around that uh, later on. Uh, but suffice to say, markets, stock markets remain for the long run. The rules remain the same. You buy low uh, and you sell high. When you've made your profit, particularly in dollar terms, especially in double-digit terms, Wobuda. Uh, there was this period we were speaking a lot about uh, also, you know, um, um, uh, cryptocurrency. And I, I link it with stock markets because once you've learned how to work stock market, you realize that the same principles more or less work for crypto. However, for crypto, we've always put a disclaimer uh, to say you want to make sure you buy assets uh, that are known or pretty much you know, coins that are known, that have proper fundamentals, um, that have a proper use case. And this one is even longer term, you know, than the stock market because we really don't know how to perform. Now, at its very least, people who scooped up uh, some of the really good projects uh, on crypto are doing okay now because right now things are on the rise. And for those that know my crypto cycles, uh, they anticipate that, you know, there could be a boom coming in the coming year because there's a link to halves and all of that. We'll probably have to arrange again another session with people who are really great at that thing. Uh, but again, suffice to say, uh, similar to stocks, we've always said, put in money that you can afford uh, to lose. And that doesn't necessarily mean lose outright, but that's also quite true. But money that you know, for rentals. And we also subscribe to you know a nice mix where you have exposure to different asset classes. Now, having uh, touched briefly on those two, uh, I want to say also uh, property has in the time past been our go-to where we say, look, you never really go wrong with it. But trust Zimbabwe to bring in a wealth tax. I mean, Zim is a special place. Um, all I will say is that on this score, we want to still see property as a safe haven um, you might want to avoid the $250,000 properties now, uh, but we've always also said, look, smaller properties, your flats, your high density areas have always been much, much easier in terms of collecting. Uh, then for people who've been seasoned and have uh, very much networked uh, around, you know, um, you know, you can get higher end properties and put in, uh, you know, embassy dignitaries, but it's not all of us. The average person, and we want to speak to the average person really, you really are just looking at buying property in places that you can uh, afford. But again, uh, there are rising costs in terms of maintaining those properties. And so you really have to do the math around this. 
sorry, something slipped my mind, which I wanted to say around uh, the Zimbabwe Stock Exchange. One thing I can tell you for sure is to always get into, and unfortunately we've missed a cycle already, IPOs, uh, I think very recently the most uh, prominent ones were for rates, uh, which are real interest, real, real estate, uh, you know, type of uh, uh, unit trusts. Uh, highly encourage those because I think a few more will be coming. Uh, generally with Zim, if you're buying in Zim dollar, you are unlikely to lose. Here's a thought. For me, I always get into IPOs for rates uh, because for me, they actually helped me. I got into an IPO for, uh, what was the first one? I can't remember offhand. You forgive me, it's a Friday. My brain is fried. Uh, but that particular one, uh, the one that came out first, you do realize the one that has the properties like Highlands and also has the properties for that one that's Konachinamano and um, um, uh, can't remember as well. But suffice to say, uh, rights uh, or rates, as some prefer to uh, pronounce them, if it's an IPO at Zimbabwe dollars, guys, you actually have nothing to lose. Kongo is like a $50 worth, you know, you know what I'm going to risk, you know, 40,000, 400,000. And it the dollar over my salads. Ongo risk so for my rights or rates at Tigere. Thank you very much, Kingsley, for that. You know, I didn't lose money with Tigere because what I put in in Zimbabwe dollars, yakatanga kukirana inflation. And you know what I did with that money? I was using it to buy or to pay for rates that are Zimbabwe dollar nominated. And they're, so I then have something that's an investment that's churning out Zimbabwe dollars, which I used to pay for Zimbabwe dollar obligations. Uh, and so, don't skimp on my initial public offers, especially if there's Zimbabwe dollar denominated. Hardly will you lose because, you know, in the long run, inflation will really, um, you know, will, will really work in your favor. And so I know there was a most recent one again, which was done, uh, jumped in into that, starts with an R, can't remember as well, uh, but I think it's closed now uh, and they've already allocated. Uh, there are a few more I'm told that are going to come. Look out for those guys. I think those are still... Uh, good value. In terms of what particular stocks to pick, I would still say get advice from your brokers because people like brokers are closer to the markets. Uh, but there are some which I call my darlings, which I feel are long-term plays. I really like what Simbisa is doing, guys. Um, so I feel that could be an Apple story. It's the McDonald's of Africa. Um, and I think Simbisa is not something that I would buy for now. I'm really buying those as my retirement plan for like 20 years from now. So whenever it's low, I'm happy to accumulate, you know, another Revitas. Thank you very much, uh, Kingsley. That's the one. I'm happy to accumulate an additional 100, additional 1,000. I like their model. Uh, I'm now a lazy reader in terms of investments, but I will always read their notes. Uh, when Simbisa writes, I read. So at the very least, for those of you that are in business, uh, I use those guys as an indicator of what are they seeing that I'm not. And look, people will always eat. Uh, so something to think about. So yeah, um, property, we would still say, where you can buy, you know, my properties are low, kuma high density areas, uh, kuma flats, you find that there's higher turnover there. Um, I've heard some people doing, um, uh, you know, a couple of things uh, on uh, uh, Airbnbs. I've stayed in Harare Airbnbs myself twice. Um, people are doing amazing things there. Again, I think, guys, it's a function of network. Uh, so for me, I don't, I'm a woman, I would never stay in an Airbnb uh, of someone I don't actually somehow know. Yeah, I still have a bit of, so I kind of like look for people I know already and then use theirs. The few people I know seem to be doing very, very well. Uh, some have said it's a saturated market. I think it really comes down to the service. So on that score on property, I'm still uh, I'm still a, a, a fairly positive on it. Yes, there are downsides to pronouncements and announcements, 
Uh, but I think you can make reasonable money still from that asset class. And at the very minimum, you know, capital appreciation. My only worry is how, how, how highly properties are priced in Zim. So yeah, you really need to be looking out for those bargains, buying from people you know, uh, and then, of course, making sure, guys, everything is above board. I think we've all been following the story of the former, uh, you know, cabinet minister, uh, the guy who's now sitting in the States. He starts with a D. Again, I've frozen my name. Can't remember his name. But the guy literally, Akavar, was $600,000 worth of a house because of things that are happening at Deed's office. I cannot overemphasize the need to deal with solid institutions in doing this. Uh, deal with a lawyer. Uh, I think we once did a session where we spoke about securing investments, do with a lawyer, uh, go to bona fide institutions, uh, check with people who've done things. We have a problem here, which part of the outside of the country, we hide it from people. Uh, yeah, with property now, you can't do that, guys. Thank you, Arari, the former minister. Look, I'm going to have a word, guy. You know, how much more could see with your two small degrees in finance? You know, so yeah, guys, we really need to exercise caution because it's not only about getting investments, it's also about securing the ones that you do have. Um, Forex, I think we've all seen what's happened uh, in terms of the rate. So we started from 3.5. Uh, by 2024, January, it will be five years later. Imagine that from 3.5 to 10,000. You do the math of what opportunities could be uh, in there. Uh, and so I don't see the rate going backwards because if anything, the interventions that have been brought from the first things we highlighted uh, are going to stir inflation. I highly recommend, I'm not an economist myself, read the economists and uh, remember that all of them have different ways of interpreting things. I always like to listen to a lot of people and then I'll find the line of truth in the middle. Uh, let's ask questions within our groups. Let's have the engagements. Uh, and don't be afraid to ask a call out anybody if they come up with a theory that you think doesn't make sense. Um, now, in as much as I've highlighted some of these, I would say classic asset classes, I feel like the greatest investment at this point in time is one that is an asset class that's not spoken of enough. Uh, for me, it is investment in self. And that's where I want to end this at. I feel like the greatest investment, guys, is investing in yourself. Invest in your education, invest in your skills, invest in relocation. Let me tell you why I'm saying this. Um, I don't want to sound like a prophetess of doom, but I did say this, in a, and I, I, I hate myself for deleting a, a particular podcast that I made in 2019. I'll see if I'm able to retrieve it, but I think I deleted it. Uh, that particular podcast in 2019, I said it was because I knew it was before COVID. I said, guys, if you are young, I said, this country will not uh, come right quick enough for the average. Please take note. Eh? The average person, there will be outliers, yes. But for the average person who is not an entrepreneur, who is not a sophisticated investor, the country won't come right quick enough for you to make or optimize your potential. And yet we now live in a global village where, and I, it's an exercise I once gave to some young people I mentor. I said, go find uh, the special skills that are being admitted in Australia, just at least, and just find how many professions there are in there. If you are 20, 25, like, why are you not? Like, in a voice, I'm 41. If there's no longer and I've not made progress in the work that I do, I would not even think twice 
about going to do a plumbing course. Manzwa, plumbing, plumbing course, get it done in three to four years, get my certification, save whatever time I need to do, get my certificates, and I'm gonna use French and get the hell out of Zimbabwe. <laughs> Guys, you know, do you know how much plumbers are paid in America or in Australia? And I want to say the greatest investment is in yourself. Now, but I'm just saying if you're within a range or you have a skill that can get value elsewhere, you'll find that most people talk of Strive, talk of Nigel, talk of the Dr. Ethel Mpambwas. All of those people are making money on enterprises that they've built by, but they started first working somewhere or working for, some, for someone right? Building up special skills, raising capital from their past jobs, uh, making a very important network, learning skills and making mistakes at someone else's cost. You see, it will also be simpler for you if you're able to do a stint outside of Zim to come back with capital and start something because you will have a soft landing. Number two, You'll find that when Nigel popularized, I worked for Nigel Chanakia, so I'm very close to his story. That's, that's my, that was my first job, right, with Kingdom. Unit Trust, where something Nigel went to see in America called mutual funds, brought to Zim, popularized, right, some technologies. I know not all of us will be able uh, to leave, but the ones that do have a chance or an opportunity, take the opportunity. And then Pamuno Zodzoka, you can employ others who might not have gotten the chance, uh, or don't have the wherewithal to do it. So I personally believe that your greatest investment might be yourself, must be yourself. And I'll tell you something about Zim, tongue in cheek. The truth of the matter is we like shiny things from outside the country. If you leave the country and come back and say, you know, you know, I was working for Safaricom uh, for about three years at M-Pesa, EcoCash will snap you up with quickness because of the exposure you've had in certain places. So for especially those of us who are 35 and below, in fact, let me use the AFM before split a youth definition or the ZANU-PF youth definition. 40 and below, guys, you are very young. In fact, uh, I want to say whatever age you are as a Zimbabwean, in what minus 10, do ages because we are behind by a distant decade. So if you get an opportunity to go outside of the country, even if it's for a short time, I highly recommend that you take it. If you don't like it, you can always come back. I have friends who've left Zim uh, and have come back because they couldn't do it uh, and are doing really great businesses, right? So if you're an entrepreneur, uh, look, then you can go ahead and also build and make uh, you know, jobs for others. But for those who can, I highly recommend. For those who are gonna stay in Zim as well, uh, don't be discouraged. It's not true, guys. Um, don't be fixated so much with degrees. I would also say, uh, in this brave new world, go for certifications. There is a lot you can do online, a lot, right? Go for those certifications um, and get proper skills. Uh, remote work is also a thing. The unfortunate thing in Zim is that you don't have to also make a really great investment. Like I did um, a lot of work in Zim, which is remote, uh, working for German consulting companies. But what I had them to do was to invest in my own power and invest in uh, quite a number of internet options. Uh, again, I would say, invest in yourself, skills, certifications, get the infrastructure that you need if you're gonna stay in Zim and make yourself globally competitive. There's so many courses that are being offered by 
these really great schools, your London School of Economics, Harvard, MIT, they're there on the internet. And guys, if you can see where the world is going, everything is really coming online. Find some kind of digital element to whatever you are doing, right? Uh, because the future really is gonna be digital. And so these are just some insights I wanted to share, uh, perhaps stimulate us to think about next year. Um, I'm sorry that I don't have a silver bullet to treat everybody's issues, but the basics of money will always be there. We'll have to work for it. If work is not being found in the place you are, uh, look outside and then don't be shy to go backwards. I like how a friend of mine um, who is doing very well right now showed me some years back. She showed me a picture of a catapult and said, look, sometimes you have to go back. You know when a catapult is about to release a stone and it's in on the reiki, and I'm not sure what the actual Shona name is, but you have to pull it back and then when you release it, the stone goes further because you're Sometimes for some of us, it might mean going backwards in order to go forwards. I would actually want to say, if you have a particular profession you wanted to pursue, maybe you are stuck in quotes in accounting, but that's not really what you wanted to do. You wanted to be a mechanic. Absolutely go for it, guys. You are, you are, you'll be surprised how young you are. Uh, you know, uh, Colonel Sanders started KFC at the age of 65. Yes, but that's a very, very ripe old age. You still have many, many years ahead of you. So you'd rather begin to put in skills. Um, I like what the Japanese do. It said something about the Japanese. It's one of the biggest economies in the world and thriving ones. During times of recessions, they retool. So when things are going quiet, you know, add to certification, uh, add to things you can do. There are lots of courses you can do online. Just go and look for online courses, uh, you know, start to learn at your own pace. Uh, don't tell us what to do with our data but uh, frankly guys you know balance out what you spend on I like a particular blog that um, uh, Strive wrote I think two or three days before uh, today where he was speaking about how you can obviously afford to go and see any rugby match or any soccer match but sometimes he has to manage how much he spends time on uh, TV on social so that he balances out with with you know, um, you know, with also uh, doing business. I really want to say, uh, let's 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 be careful of the things that we have as resources. Uh, I want to give you three things that I feel you must budget, and I really like some of the comments to read out loud uh, just now. I want to say, I recently learned that there are three things you need to uh, budget in life. First is money. I think this we've always spoken about. There's still a budget tool you can download for free on our website www.mari.co.zw but the second thing that you should be able to budget in life is time um yeah you know strange as it may seem you can lose money and make money but if you lose time unfortunately you can't redeem it and so really rethink your life and rebudget i did an exercise that i learned after i'd been listening to um Mensa Otabil, the Ghanaian preacher, uh, where he spoke about, imagine yourself 20 years from now, what does that put you at? And then you write down your age. For me, that would put me at 61. Then write down the person you want to be at that time. I wrote, okay. Then you circle backwards uh, to where you are now and say, what can I do within the first year, the next one year to become that person by the age of 61? What can I do in the next five and the next 10 to become that person? Um, sounds a lot like self-help things, but guys, these things work. 
if you're not intentional about budgeting your time, the years will just pass by. Uh, and before you know it, a year is done. 2023 is as good as done, guys, with all its highs and lows. Uh, and so take lessons from how you've spent money in the past and budget your money. Take lessons from how you've spent time in the past and budget your time. But I would not do justice to myself if I were not to close with a mountaineering example, because having summited Mount Kenya and Mount Kilimanjaro in the same year under sub-zero conditions, I think I'm qualified to say this. Something you need to budget in life is also energy. Guys, I promise you, there is opportunity to convert your energy towards meaningful things. I don't have a problem with people using social media. I use it, I come there to play, I come there to unwind myself, I come there to learn. Uh, but if, if you've not noticed, I'll tell you how I use social media. I come in to say what I want to say, respond to a few conversations, and then I leave. I really curate where I spent energy. I spent three weeks off socials because I was preparing for Kili. I needed to get my mind ready in addition to getting my body ready. So in life, where you expend your energy also matters. So three takeaways, if you take nothing more from this particular meetup, I want to encourage you as our community, think about how you budget time, think about how you budget money, think about how you budget energy. And if you're able to put all of those things well together, I promise you it will end in wealth. So thank you very much for your kind attention. I have been speaking for a very long time. I wanna pick up any questions, comments that are now in the comment section. And yeah, I see a few concurrencies. Someone says that's Ethel there. You can never go wrong with digital. Yes, it doesn't matter what it is. Even if it means, you know, a WhatsApp page where you are the best banana seller in the country and people know they can get orders for green bananas, half-ripe bananas, overripe bananas, and you focus on that as an enterprise, you know, and you're using the opportunity of the internet, you will not go wrong. Some of us left college and we did not do computer science. But I'll tell you guys something. In I, in I, I, did, I studied banking and finance, but much of my work now is in digital transformation. I did not get there by any qualification. Uh, I got there by uh, empowering myself with simple certifications and getting into spaces where things were being done in IT. FG is giving a really great uh, uh, pointer there. He says, especially those of you who want to pursue IT careers, it needs online visibility, yeah? Certifications and challenges and visi visibility on places like GitHub. So guys, don't say we didn't plug you, hey? Uh, invest in yourself and make sure uh, that you are getting involved in this brave new world, right? Uh, whatever enterprise, whatever work you are in, find ways to get to this thing. Kingsley says, true, the trick lies in knowing where to meet like-minded people. Absolutely. Look, business is a lot to do with uh, what you know, uh, but it also has to do, and this is also true for money. It's about what you know. It's also about who you know. Very, very important. Thank you for the kind words. Someone says I'm such a good egg. Uh, thank you very much. I will take it like what Hamti was uh, uh, told as well. He was a good egg. I think I'm gold inside. Um, and uh, Taurai says, also learn to speak like Kuzi, to take you places. Guys, I don't want to ever underestimate. And thank you, Taurai, because I'd forgotten to talk about something I said I would speak about as a last point. Uh, you know, this is the last, last point, uh, which is how to make money. Uh, 
Um, I don't like everything that Kiyosaki writes, but I swear by his um, cash flow quadrant, which speaks of the many ways of making money. Yes, for me, speaking has taken me places. Um, I will share with you guys for what I did in this year. This year, I was very careful to curate how much I spent on events or situations where I spoke. I made exactly this year 14,150 euro from speaking alone, right? This is not my normal work, just speaking. And by speaking, um, this was from eight specific events. And in each of the events, I did not speak for more than an hour. And it, each time uh, I was either moderating, which was four panels, or giving a 15 minute keynote uh, uh, on either one of those times. It's not a lot of money, but I want to dare anyone who's in this room who's made more money than me speaking this year. What I've done is to take the things that I am good at and like what FG has said, amplify it. Uh, go back to LinkedIn, guys, and talk about the things that you do. So one event leads to the other because someone will hear you moderate one panel here and think you are really good, ask you to do the next one. Uh, so I already have uh, something scheduled for January in that score. And so what I want to do is, uh, and Agnes, thank you for the kind words. Indeed, I hoped not so much to give you financial nuggets as it was in this particular one to inspire and charge you uh, and say that your life is really within your hands. Can today begin, be the beginning of the rest day, the next few days of your life? Uh, forgive yourself of any past mistakes where you've been careless with your money, your time and your energy. I want to, in, to invite you as we go into the next year uh, to be very intentional with your time, uh, your money and your energy. Sit down with yourself, think about the things you want to do in life. And I want you to take a bet on yourself. You can invest in all of these other things, property, money, whatever. I'm gonna take the proceeds from my speaking and I'm gonna put all of it into a property, right? So. I started with the things I'm able to do uh, and making sure that I sharpen my acts. I learn from others. I spend more time learning online than I do putting some of the nonsense I put out there. So if you're gonna ever share secrets to life, that for me is my secret. So get in there, get to know people, network, um, invest in yourself, guys. Invest in yourselves. In, I cannot overemphasize this. I feel, because I'm a person of faith, that everything that you needed in life, you already have in yourself. I want to close like Trevor does by giving you some recommended reading, uh, three books that changed my life. I stopped reading multiple books because I used to devour books and gave myself the past few years to only just work on the few that I've read. I highly recommend, in fact, I actually put them on my timeline on Twitter. Uh, there's one which is called The Game of Life. Please read that book. Small, old book, it will blow your mind, read it. It speaks to your money, time, energy, but it also speaks about something uh, which they call uh, divine, what do they call it? Uh, they call it a divine selection uh, in terms of, it's basically speaking about in your life, from where you are, you can go towards what should be yours. So it does take a bit of intention to just check what are your gifts, your abilities, the things you desire and then move in the direction of your dreams. I cannot overemphasize this, guys, enough. Invest in yourself, just try things. If you feel like you wanna start a podcast, go for it. If you wanna grow plants, go for it. If you want to start to speak like I do, go for it, yes? 
um, very, very, very important because my movements, you just don't know uh, where, you know, your destiny might be. It will make a great difference. Yes, The Game of Life. Thank you, Tatenda, uh, by Florence Kovo Shin. Uh, I also want to highly recommend Naval's book. Um, I'm terrible at pronouncing this. I think it's called The Aramant of Naval. It took me a full year to read that book. I would only read it when I was coming from hiking or when I was traveling because I wanted to spend time. I didn't want to gloss over it. Some really great gems in there changed my life as well. Uh, it will help you to shut out a lot of noise and focus inward and then only come out outward when you are creating. He speaks about a lot of leverage from simple things. You might not be able to code, but he speaks about, you know, you can write a blog, you can start a podcast, uh, you can do something creative, which will actually then move you forward and convert into money. So the other month of uh, Naval, highly recommend. And of course, it, it goes without saying, I think this is a New Year's read for all of us. Highly, highly, highly recommend uh, that you also read, um, you know, Atomic Habits. Uh, build good habits in the next year towards your time, your energy, your money, uh, be in control of your life. And if you do that, I promise you, it will end in wealth. Balance everything, eh? Health, wealth, and your happiness. Uh, and thank you, FG, for that point. I think we can stop there. Uh, that we have done some podcasts before on mari.co.zw. And I also take this opportunity so that I close at exactly half past uh, to let you know that we will be taking a little bit of a breather because there's something we are working on and we will come back to you stronger in March of 2024 during Global Money Week. Uh, there's something that you are working on to kind of revisit how my podcast looks like. You see that we've not really podcast this much uh, this year. We're going to come back in a way that is able to tackle those guys that are in Zim and outside Zim. So yeah, look forward to something that sounds like Mari Podcast Africa. So we will take a hiatus uh, and we will come back to you hopefully stronger and bringing in uh, quite a number of champions uh, across the continent. Thank you very much for your time and attention. I think I've treated all of the contents uh, in the comments and yeah, enjoy yourselves. Love the ones you are with. May it end in health, wealth, and happiness for all of you. Cheers.